Welcome to GrishaCast. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moisavayenyi, GrishaCasters. And hello to our Melbourne, Australia listeners. Hello to our Singapore listeners. And some wonderful peeps in Bucharest, the capital of Romania. And of course, all of our friends here in the States. Here are just a couple of the um, different places that we've got listeners that have been reaching out to us. So um, we just wanted to shout out to you guys. There's many more. We just wanted to like kind of, we don't want to give you the whole list. Um, you know. We are worldwide. We are. So we just wanted to start off by saying thank you to you all. Um, how have you been, girl? Um, It's been a week. It has, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if it's like the position of the moon or what's happening, but it has been a stressful week. Really? Oh, yes. You know, mostly work stuff. Yeah. The um, classes started last week, and we've got all these students who are waiting till the last minute, and they're all mad at me. So, Oh, by know, the way, I, she works at a college. I do. I do work at a college. Yeah, so she's got, yeah, that's crazy. Well, um, I, so it's funny, last time I was recording, uh, I was talking about feeling sick. <laughs> well, the next morning I woke up and all my muscles hurt. I didn't feel too bad, but like my muscles hurt. And then when I got to work, I started coughing like this crazy cough. And I was like, you know what? I might as well just go get checked up, see what's going on. Chris just got over being sick and having the fevers and all that stuff. And I just want to go see if there's anything. So I went and they said, well, since your muscles are hurting, we're just going to do a flu um, check real quickly. But since you haven't had a fever, you don't have a fever right now, we pretty much we don't think that's what's going on. So they started discussing with me everything about head colds and what to do about that. Well, then after like this five minute conversation of like these over counter drugs and different things to do to like try to get through it, she looks over and she's like, "Ooh, honey, uh, uh, your test, you are positive for flu B and get this a sprinkling of flu A, not all flu B, like flu B, but a sprinkling, just kind of like a little cupcake. I, I'm the frosting was um, <laughs> flu A. It was frosting on the bee cake. Yeah. So I then um, had to, like, and this is the middle of the day at my work. It was on my lunch break. I did this. So I had to, I had the next three days. Luckily, it was a weekend, but I wasn't allowed to work back until Tuesday. And she, my boss was like, can you please come back in and just at least balance your drawer? But I need you to wear a mask. So I went back in with this mask and everybody's like, oh, my God. Yeah. People looked at me like I was insane. (laughs) It was so funny. I was sitting there just doing my stuff and phone calls were coming in from the secretaries behind me. And I'd hear them explaining what's going on because people are like, why is Eric wearing a mask? (laughs) Why is Eric wearing a mask? It's like, no, I did not get the coronavirus, (laughs) but um, I had the flu and I hibernated for three days. I went to my bedroom and did not leave it, but I got to catch up on some of my reading and some of my books. I finally got to finish The Crown on Netflix, and I, um, oh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina came out on Friday, the day I got sick, 
So I finished that in like an instant because I love that. It's so dark. It's like, have you seen it? Not yet. No. Okay. So it's Do like. Do you recommend? Yeah, because it is, Um, it's based off of the comic book. So it's not the like Fox like children. Not the campy. No, none of that. And I've actually heard from people that started it thinking that's what it was. Oh, okay. And it is, it's mature. Like, gotcha. I mean, so like it's gory and scary, but like cool as hell. I, I loved it. So I watched the entire thing. Um, I mean, it deals with like being queen of hell and things like that. It's oh, really, all right. yeah, it well, goes you got down. me there. It was good. Um, one cool thing though, I just want to mention is like, so I love reading obviously, and I'm reading other books at the same time while doing this. And, um, one thing that I'm reading is, um, the darker shade of magic trilogy, by um V.E. Schwab and I'm actually on the third book A Conjuring of Magic and I realized that one of the characters Alucard reminds me so much of Nikolai and I don't know if any of you other readers out there have read this trilogy because it has a lot to do with magic um and it's it's really cool I think you'd like it too it's about like London's like there's all these different London's and each one has like a different type either has magic has a lot of magic, has too much magic, but like you can, I don't know, it's just really neat. So that sounds fun. It really is. And um, anyways, there's just this character called Alucard, and I love it because like he just, I, I'm halfway through it right now, which is like the biggest book out of all of them. And he just reminds me so much of Nikolai, and I just keep on thinking about it. So I just, I love it when you read stories and they remind you of oh, other yeah. great characters. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I got really into that. I read probably like two, three hundred pages out of the <laughs> six hundred page book. Wow. But when you got the flu and you're nothing else to do, it was, honey, it was a vacation. Heck yeah, it was. I mean, I might have been sick and feeling like poop, but I mean, it was a vacation because I got to like shut that door and for days it was me. And I'm one of those people that like I don't need help. Chris kept on. Like, I kept on thanking Chris. Thank you so much for taking care of me. And he's like, you're not letting me do anything. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, no, but what you're doing is what I need because, like, I that's me when I'm sick. You just kind of need to be left alone. I am one of those people yeah. that needs to be left alone. I, I can I can take care of myself. I'm yeah. fine. If I need tea, I will get it. If I need anything, I'll get it. I don't need – I'm not a pampered. Right, yeah. It's so much better to just back away. Exactly. That's me. Just give me my space. So I really felt like I had a vacation because I really got to catch up on some great shows and fall asleep doing it. And then like, (laughs) it was awesome. I mean, I felt horrible. I've never had the flu before, I don't think. Oh, it's not fun. It was horrible. Those body aches, girl. I never felt that before. I caught the flu on a plane to Austin at the beginning of last year. And then I spent our whole time in Austin dying literally from the flu what trying to like still you know go see things oh my god impossible it was really rough pretty sure we almost broke up on that trip (laughs) well i can imagine because everybody gets like different symptoms and like mine that i hate is the hot and cold flashes yes that will drive me nuts i shivered all night and my so is like he runs at a way higher temperature than everybody else and so he hated life because i had to like bump the heat up to just survive oh so you just stay you stay chilled mostly yes until the fever broke and then i was sweating so bad 
Yeah, see, I, I'd go back and forth. Ugh. I'd get all comfortable, and then I'd just profusely sweat. And then, of course, my nurse, Lucy, my dog, <laughs> she's so amazing. She took care of me the whole time, and um, love that thing. Love that thing. She was so sweet. But she would be like this little ball of heat. and sometime, But I couldn't let go of her. I couldn't let her go. But... um. Anyways, I had a, I was sick, but I had like a little vacay. It was nice. That's good. And I'm back to normal. I really am. You sound better. Yeah. Last week, I didn't know what it was. I just was not feeling good. And I had to take that day off work last week. But like, I think I had the flu for a while. Oh, yeah. I just wasn't. And here's the kicker, kids. I got a flu shot. Yeah, I don't like hearing that. I know you don't, but I'm just telling you, (laughs) I got a flu shot. I got it for free through my work. So, um, but they do say that, like, I mean, it's different strains. So, right. Yeah. Anyways. Um, and speaking of, you know, reading other things, I'm rereading the, uh, Vampire Chronicles because my SO is taking me to New Orleans. No, I'm rereading the Vampire Chronicles. Okay. Um, I'm confused because I feel like that's a show. No. Anne Rice, Interview with a Vampire. Anne Rice, Vampire Chronicles. Okay, so I didn't know yes. that, that Anne Rice's things were called the Vampire Chronicles. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, so, gotcha. Uh, I'm my, uh, I have a big birthday coming up, and he is taking me to New Orleans. Um, <gasps> so I am doing an entire Vampire Chronicles tour um, that Girl. I'm, I'm planning. So I'm rereading the books, and I'm actually going to go to the plantation where the movie was filmed. Yes, and I'm going to cry my eyes out the whole time because, like we've talked about before, that was the book that changed my life when I was 10 years old. Really? Yes, it was. It was the book that showed me that it was it was okay that you know there were other people out there that were dark and twisty. And, yeah. Um, and that that was that was uh, what got me through a lot of things in my teenage years. So that's awesome. And I haven't been to New Orleans yet. So if anybody oh has, God. I know. So if anybody has any ideas, I think we're going to go to um, Baton Rouge as well. So hit me up. Let Gr- me know where to go. Girl, you're going to have so much fun. I went when I was younger um, with my dad, and that was right after I came out, and I was all like, "Gone." goth punk like wearing some glitter everywhere and i remember him getting like upset that like we were eating breakfast in this hotel and i like had like all my black on and my glitter everywhere and he was like thinking that everybody was staring at us like as if he was like (laughs) my daddy or something like in a bad like like and i was just like oh my god no Ew, dad. But oh my God, yes, the vampire tours and all that stuff. I don't know if they still do that, but they do. But I'm I'm making my own according to like, you know, what's in the book. Yeah. I even have like Lestat's supposed address and all of that fun stuff. So I'm excited. We watched the movie over the weekend. So, well, girl, you're going to love it. Oh, and then there's that new show called The Witcher on, and just this correlates with you because Anne Rice supposedly watches the main mm-hmm. character in The Witcher and said that that's who she would have wanted to play Lestat. Is that correct? If they were doing it right now, that like he would, he's kind of like the vision that she she had for him. Thought. Yeah, the original for Lestat was the uh, the blonde guy in Blade Runner. Oh, that was her okay. original in the eighties. That was her original thought process for cool. Lestat. Yeah. Oh. Uh. My for um, and we'll shut up after this. But um, <laughs> one of my favorite like little dark books when I was reading in high school, besides Harry Potter, was um a book called Lost Souls by Poppy Z Bright, 
and it's about vampires and this um 13 year old vampire named nothing and he's gay and there has to deal with gay vampires and like that was just all up my alley it's actually such a good book i i love it i am i haven't read in a while it's on my kindle and i've got the hardback copy of it but it's it's a good one it's an older book but like it was so for our times it was so dark so 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 dark but it had gay characters and i love that stuff yeah so um anyways terry take me into our recap what happened last week so last week we are getting ready for war we have our dinnerware set with the their giant mirrors Mm -hmm. Uh, so there was some training with that um we've got uh (laughs) zoya and mal making out in front of everybody Oh, yeah. Uh, and then um, we have Alina leaving, almost getting destroyed by some pilgrims. And then she has her light bulb moment that the two mills formed an arch. Right. And yeah, and then they're going to, you know, send Mal off. Yes. Mal so, is going to go. Yes. So that is the plan. So that takes us right on into chapter 22. Um, Alina is getting prepared and going to Nikolai's birthday party. Happy birthday, Nikolai. Happy birthday. And surprisingly, she is escorted by Mal, which she didn't think. She is upset because she knows he is about to leave and, um, is starting to kind of blame the fight that they had all on herself. So it's, it's all kind of making sense to her, which, um, you know, can't really blame her. No. (laughs) Um. And I mean, there's a giant jello mold of a life size oh, fawn. Girl. So I got that. <laughs> so at the dinner, Alina is sitting directly next to Nikolai. And um this next quote I've got is just so interesting to me for some reason. And this is where this jello mold comes in. Because I just <laughs> I love this. I love, love, love this. Okay, so here's the quote. He asked that no ball be thrown in his honor. It didn't seem fitting with so many refugees going hungry outside the city walls. But it was Belenoc, and the king and queen didn't seem able to restrain themselves. The meal consisted of 13 courses, including a whole suckling pig and a life-sized gelatin mold cast in the shape of a fawn. Life-size. Yes, (laughs) life-size. Life-size gelatin mold cast in the shape (laughs) of a fawn. When the time came for gifts, Nikolai's father presented him with an enormous egg glazed in pale blue. It opened to reveal an exquisite miniature ship set on a lapis sea. Sturmon's red dog banner flew from the ship's mast and its little cannon fired with a pop that released the tiniest poof of white smoke. End quote. So <laughs> I just love that. Like what an, in, what a crazy yeah. present. Yeah, that's okay. That's a lot. And that present, I mean, imagine if you got that, like, I'd, I'm sorry. I would just be like, uh, okay, thank you. But then 13 courses. Yeah, no, that's a lot. It is. But I do think it's cute that Nikolai's father is um, representing um, Sturmon, you know, oh, that, of course. that he, he's, he's recognizing it. I think it's kind of cute. Oh, absolutely. After his shock that it was his son. Yeah. So, um, Mal is posted directly in front of Alina during this entire meal and it's making her a little bit jumpy. Um, and she also starts to know that her Nietzsche Voya kiss 
Sorry, Nichevoya bite. Let's start calling them kisses now. Oh, um, that's so cute. It's starting to itch a little bit. Okay, so we are now about to go right into scene one. Just gonna let you know, Eric, me, is playing Vasily. Terry is going to play Nikolai, and then my wonderful husband producer Christopher is going to be playing Alina, Nikolai's mother, the general, and a boy. So, without ado, we are going to start. So, curtain up. An extraordinary achievement, brother. I salute you, Nikolai said, lifting his glass. Dare I ask what they wanted in return for this support? They don't drive a hard bargain, Vasily said with an indulgent laugh, but nothing too onerous. They sought access to our ports in West Ravka and requested our help policing the southern trade routes against Zemini pirates. I imagine you'll be of some assistance with that, brother, he said with another warm chuckle. They wanted a, lo- uh, they wanted a few of the northern logging roads reopened, and once the Darkling is defeated, they'll expect the cooperation of the Sun Summoner in our joint efforts to push back the fold. He grinned broadly at me. I bridled a little at his presumption, but it was an obvious and reasonable request, and even the leader of the Second Army was a subject of the king. I gave what I hoped was a dignified nod. Which roads? asked Nikolai. Vasily waved his hand dismissively. They're somewhere south of Halmhen, west of the permafrost. They're sufficiently d- defended by the fort of Olnesk, and the, if the Furtans get any ideas. Nikolai stood up, his chair scraping loudly against the parquet floor. When did you lift the blockades? How long have the roads been open? Vasily shrugged. What difference? How long? The wound in my shoulder throbbed. A little over a week, Vasily said. Surely you're not concerned that the Furtans intend to march on us from Olnesk. The rivers won't freeze for months, and until then... Did you ever stop to consider why they might concern themselves with a logging route? Vasily gave a disinterested wave. I assume because they're in need of timber? he said, or maybe it's it's sacred to one of their ridiculous wood sprites. There was nervous laughter around the table. It's defended by a single fort, Nikolai growled. Because the passage is too narrow to accommodate any real force. You are waging an old war, brother. The Darkling doesn't need a battalion of foot soldiers or heavy guns. All he needs are his Grisha, Grisha and the Nichevoya. We have to evacuate the palace immediately. Don't be absurd. Our one advantage was early warning, and the scouts at those blockades were our first defense. They were our eyes, and you blinded us. The Darkling could be mere miles from us by now. Vasily shook his head sadly. You make yourself ridiculous. Nikolai slammed his hands down on the table. The dishes jumped with a loud rattle. Why isn't the Fjordan delegation here to share in all your glory, to toast this unprecedented alliance? They sent their regrets. They were not able to travel immediately due to... They're not here because they're about to be a massacre. Their pact is with the Darkling. All of our intelligence puts him in the south with the shoe. You think he doesn't have spies? That he doesn't have his own operatives within our network? He laid a trap that any child could recognize and you walked right into it. Basili's face turned purple. Nikolai, surely, his mother objected. 
The fort at Ulensk is manned by a full regiment, put in one of the generals. You see, said Vasily, this is fear-mongering of the worst kind, and I will not stand for it. A regiment against an army of Nichevoya? Everyone at that fort is already dead, said Nikolai. Sacrifice to your pride and stupidity. Vasily's hand went to his sword hilt. You overreach, you little bastard. The queen gasped. Nikolai released a harsh laugh. Yes, call me out, brother. A lot of good it will do. Look around this table, he said. Every general, every nobleman of high rank, most of the Lansoff line, and the Sun Summoner, all in one place, on one night. A number of faces at the table suddenly went pale. Perhaps, said the freckle-faced boy across from me, we should consider. No, said Vasily, his lip trembling. This is his own petty jealousy. We cannot stand to see me succeed. He... The warning bells began to ring, distant at first, down near the city walls, one and then another, joining each other in a rising chorus of alarm that echoed up the streets of Ozalta, through the upper town, and over the walls of the Grand Palace. End scene. Ooh. Yeah. I am proud of us. Thanks, crew. That was great. Wonderful job, Chris. Seriously, you come in here when we need you, and I know it's not your favorite thing in the world, but seriously, we appreciate it. So we love you, honey. We love you. Thank you. You did such a good job at playing four different parts. Oh, I know. I love you guys, too. Oscar coming your way. professional. Professional. Okay. So anyways. That's (gasps) multi-talented. Absolutely. (laughs) So. um, So then chaos. Exactly. Right at that, (laughs) the windows crash open and the Nietzsche-Voya swarm into the room. Terrifying. It is insane. And in this, I mean, Nietzsche-Voya are going everywhere, attacking people. And what happens? They, Vasily actually like starts getting upset and looks like she's about to attack Alina, raises his arm, and Anichavoya comes in and just rips that motherfucking arm off. And <laughs> he's he, just standing there, like bleeding out from yeah. his shoulder. And then it's written like he thumps over dead. Don't. So, bye bye, Vasily. Um, so, lots Thanks of care. your service. Yes, thank you for service. Thanks for being, <laughs> and thanks for almost trying to kill Alina. Right, Gosh. like Lord. So every, every, as everyone is fleeing, Nikolai separates from Alina and Mal um, because he is going to actually now try to get his mother and father to the Kingfisher, which is that you know his new helicopter he's got. <laughs> um, so that's what <laughs> I'm calling it. It's not a helicopter, obviously, but it's the Kingfisher. So he wants to get his mom, his mom and papa out of there. So, uh, Lena and Mal are now, so attacks going on everywhere. There, and Alina's first thought is, Grisha, gotta, t- gotta help them. So, her and Mal go towards the little palace to help the Grisha, but unfortunately when they get there, what do they see? Destruction. I bodies. Mean, bodies on top of bodies. Um, the Nietzsche-Voya are swarming everywhere. I mean, it has completely been taken over. They have destroyed the dinnerware set, the fine china. Oh, my God. It is Not the china. Not the china. Ugh, horrible. So um, we know that, obviously, from this point, I'm, I think they even mentioned it. I mean, the Darkling, his plan was actually to hit that first. Yeah. Yeah. He, he went there first. Um, 
Alina notices that, um, unfortunately, that one of those beautiful dishes um, remains, and um, only one, and um, here's gunfire on the roof, and that's where the dish is. So mm-hmm. she's like, okay, we're going to get to that roof. Um, so Mal and Alina fight off some Nichevoya trying to get up to the roof, but they make it up there. And when they get there, David and some other Grishas are guarding that last dish with all they got. Nadia's up there. Yep. I mean, there's Grisha up there still. So Alina can't wait, and she uses the dish, and here's what happened. I've got this quote. David gave two hard blasts on the whistle around his neck. Nadia dropped her goggles, and the durist manning the dish moved into position. I didn't wait. I lifted my hands and sent single and... I'm sorry, and sent light streaming at the dish. The whistle blew. The dish tilted. A single pure beam of light blasted from the mirrored surface. Even without the second dish, it skewered the sky, splashing through the Nichevoya as they burned away to nothing. The beam swept the air in a gleaming arc, dissolving black bodies before it, thinning the horde until we could see the deep Belenoc twilight. A cheer went up from the Grisha at the first sight of stars, and a thin slip sliver of hope pierced my terror end quote so this is very short-lived oh yes that's it that's the end of the hope right there yeah it's pretty much like one sentence because all of a sudden then the Nietzsche boys start coming back attacking and um destroy that last dish oh yes yeah so Alina yells for everyone we need to get to the hall um but you know it just there's a lot of talk. It's 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 just too late. It's a massacre. I mean, there are just too many of the Nichevoya. Um, unfortunately, Fedor is thrown from the roof. Um, Mal and Alina save Sergey, but Sergey is holding his holding on to Marie's body, who is gutted. I mean, she is just she's gone, torn open from neck to navel, which is sad because she was a giddy, sweet little. Grisha, but she is gone. So they like pretty much are prying him up. Um, but they get the few remaining Grisha to the hall, lock all the doors, um, and it's the remaining Grisha in there. And they the doors to the locked hall are like banging with the Nietzschevoya trying to get in, the scratching and booming and banging. They're just trying to get in there. And um Here's kind of a little roll call for our remaining Grisha. It's explained in this quote. So here's the quote. Sergei was sobbing quietly. David looked pale but calm. Nadia had made it down to the hall. She had her arm around Adric, and he still had that stubborn tilt to his chin, though he was shaking. There were three Inferni and two more Corporalci, one healer and one heart renderer. They were all that remained of the second army. End quote. Not a lot of people. Nope. Like, we really have That's lost... a lot of bodies. Yes, there's a lot missing. So, that small group, that small group of Grisha, the remaining ones, decide it is best to try to make it to the upper town. You know, just get out of here, get to town. Um, better to fight the Nichevoya than to wait around for the Darkling, because they realize that. I mean, the Darkling's coming for Alina. Oh, yeah. Because so, the the Nichevoya can't be very far from the Darkling. Exactly. So we know the Darkling's there. We don't know where. Um, and here's a quote. At least with the Nichevoya, it will be relatively quick, David said. I say we go down fighting. 
We all turned to look at him. He seemed a little surprised himself. Then he shrugged. He met my eyes and said, we do the best we can. Oh, that's such a nod back. And and then it says, I looked around the circle. One by one, they nodded. So I think that's like, I don't know, a very movie moment. Just kind of going around to every single Grisha, watching them all like nod. Like, this is what we got to do. So they get as ready as they can to unlock these doors. They realize they've got two Granatki left, which are those, you know, flash light, bomb. Light grenades. Light grenade, yeah. Um, so here it is. They unlock those doors, throw out a Granatki, and wait for it to ex- explode, which scares away, actually, the Nichevoya for one quick minute. And they start running, um, and then, to our surprise... All of a sudden, we've got soldiers coming in out of nowhere. The sun soldiers. And that's the amazing part. That's the cool thing. They might be dressed in soldier uniforms. They might not, but they have one thing in common. They have sunburst tattoos on their faces. They do. They got, they got face tattoos for her. They do. And Tolia and Tamar, who we've been wondering where they are, are leading this whole brigade. Pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I know. So there they are. So we're going to go right on into chapter 23. Um, So the soldiers are helping them escape, and they're they're going to the chapel. That's where they decide to go. We don't know why at this point, but they're going to the chapel, and it's really led by Tolia and Tamar. And Um, the whole time, the Nichevoya are just like... Pulling apart these sun soldiers. They're like ripping through them as well. Yep. And um, when they finally get to the chapel, they think they're trapped, but Tolia and Tamar show Alina a secret pathway. They open up the huge picture that we've seen of St. Ilya, like that huge thing that Alina's looked at that said had water damage, opens up to a hidden doorway, a hidden little path. It was right there in front of her all the time. Yep. And just as they are about to escape and go through this hidden doorway... What do we have happen? Well, it's no longer a Darkling sighting. He's just there. (laughs) A clap of thunder, and he's there. Yeah, the Darkling has made it. Um, And, um, whew, so the Darkling's there. He blows open the door, and they, they fight, of course. And eventually the Darkling screams to Alina, Stand down, and I will spare them. Um... And what he's meaning is just everybody. The Grisha, um, I don't want to use this word, Otkazatsya. Um, I just kind of like using it because that's the bad word right. for the people yeah. that don't. But the people that are not Grisha. So he'll save everybody if he can just get Alina. Um, Alina is considering this because she doesn't want any more Grisha or non-Grisha to die. The Darkling tells Alina that he has been there all... Also, this is new. He tells her that he's been there all... the been there all those nights she has seen him which is crazy to her so all those times that she's seen him in the hallway or talking to her or actually him yep not a hallucination not a hallucination nope and that has to do with obviously the the magic from the oh because i mean from the nietzsche voya bite i think from their connection to the collar i think also with some powers that he's gained when he was by himself on the fold. A lot has changed with him. That means Um, they made sweet love. So then we've got this, 
they do. <laughs> um, so he's been there this whole time. And Mal, of course, is like, this is impossible. But the Darkling remarks back, you have no idea what I can make possible. Tracker. That's his little, like, bitch name for him, calling him a tracker, <laughs> which I think is so crazy because it's, like, one of his best assets. I mean, he's a really good tracker. Um, the Darkling then can tell Alina is wavering. Um, she doesn't know what to do. And he decides, he says, he calls behind him. He says, bring her. So what happens? They bring out from behind the Darkling this haggard-looking figure. At first, he thinks it's Bagra. Bagra, yeah. Um, but to everyone's surprise, we all of a sudden look at this um, person, and they are torn to shreds, covered in Nietzsche Voya marks and bites, now only has one eye. I'm missing an eye. And it's our beautiful Jenya. So, um, heartbreaking. Yeah, because she stayed behind for him and decided to stay with him instead of running away. To supposedly help and be on the good side. She just thought. And, and this is what he did to her. Yeah. Um, this, I thought, was a beautiful quote right after we get this revealed. I'd seen a thousand horrors on this long day, but this was one that broke me. Jenya cringing away from David like a frightened animal. Luminous Jenya with her alabaster skin and graceful hands. Resilient Jenya who had endured countless indignities and insults, but who had always held her lovely chin high. Foolish Jenya who had tried to be my friend, who had dared to show me mercy. David drew his arm around Jenya's shoulder and slowly led her back up the aisle. The Darkling didn't stop them, end quote. So it just shows you, like, I mean, there's more, obviously, to Jenya's story. Oh, yeah. Know. Oh, yeah. There's a and we knew that. Story. Yeah. yeah. So um, the Darkling then starts to talk to Alina about saving all the people. And um, if she will just surrender to him, all the killing can stop. He keeps on blaming it on her, saying, like, you're the cause of all this. You're the cause of this war. Uh, yeah. Which is just, my God, that frustrates me when people can't, you know, to, you know, it's his actions. Responsibility. His responsibility for your own actions. Come on, Darkling. Um, well, she well, so has to get in her head, though. True. Well, she gets so frustrated. She just she says yes. And then the Darkling, of course, wants to throw something else in there and says he wants the tracker, too. Well, I think she says okay, though, because she said when she felt like it's over, she said she should have felt beaten down, but she didn't. That instead, there was a curious lightness that occurred in her. So I think that curious lightness is almost kind of a light bulb moment where she's coming up with this plan. Well, where, yeah. like she can feel it coming up through the amplifiers because this, you know. Well, yeah. Lightness. Exactly, and that's actually yeah. You're you're and you're right on the money. It's it's kind of what's coming up. I think yeah, she's got this plan, but um. So she says yes, um, and obviously says that Mal cannot go with um the Darkling because the Darkling wants him because he wants him to help find the Firebird. Lena obviously says no because you can't have both of us. Alina tells Tamar and Tolia to please help with making Mal go. Um, knows that he's going to be a struggle trying to leave Alina. Carry him out. Yeah, try to get him out of here. Well, Alina gives in to this, 
or Alina says, okay, and goes into the Darkling's arm, um, and Alina gives in and tells the Darkling that her power is his, and then she kisses him. And I love this next part. This is going to tell us where we are, um, but this quote is really good. This is after she kisses him. Power flowed through me, the power of the stag, its strong heart beating in both our bodies, the life he'd taken, the life I'd tried to save. But I also felt the Darkling's power, the power of the black heretic, the power of the fold. Like calls to like. I'd sensed it when the hummingbird entered the unsee, but I'd been too afraid to embrace it. This time I didn't fight. I let go of my fear, my guilt, my shame. There was darkness inside me. He had put it there, and I would no longer deny it. The Volcra, the Nichevoya, they were my monsters, all of them. And he was my monster, too. My power is yours, I repeated. His arms tightened around me. And yours is mine, I whispered, against his lips. End quote. Oh, girl. Sorry. <laughs> Good writing, Lee. Love, love, love it. I um, I got chills. Chills just reading that. I, I, I love it. That was amazing writing. And I just think brings it in on home. Um, so now... Alina now can use his powers and start to create her own Nietzschevoya, and that's exactly what she does. She remembers that creating the Nietzschevoya always took something from the Darkling. Right, so she just starts pulling them out Pull- of them. Exactly. What a brilliant plan. Yeah. He's not going to see that coming. Um, she knows it's going to hurt her. Oh, yeah. But she's not even caring about as that. As long as he goes first. Exactly. So as she is creating more and more Nietzschevoya, Mal can't handle this, of course, and he starts. Gr- he goes to grab Alina away from the Darkling, but not before she can. T- and I love this. Not before she can tell her children to bring it down. Yes. And I just um, I I know this sounds funny, but I thought of um Annie and Mrs. Hannigan <laughs> asking for like, come like get my children, <laughs> clean my bathroom. <laughs> She's calling her. Miss Hannigan, but anyways, that's um for you older peeps that know what I'm talking about. Um, but anyway, so um, Mel helps Alina escape actually to a hallway before the Nietzschevoya bring down the entire chapel, um, and then everything kind of goes black. So Alina wakes up barely conscious, but sees that Mal is beside her and alive. So that's a relief to her, of course. They're below ground and traveling to the apparat in these small itty bitty, just like. I mean, just small little... Litters. Uh, yeah. Uh, Alina puts together that Tolia and Tamar were working with the apparat the whole time. That's a light bulb moment. But they promise to her that their allegiance is with her. And she's kind of wavering between... Yeah. Is that... We have to just kind of trust it at this point. Yeah, we got to... Yeah. she. They are with her. Um, Alina tells them also to tell all the pilgrims to stop with the new nickname that they gave Jenya. Um, they're giving her a horrible name called the Ruined. Um, and she says that if you do, you're going to have your tongue carved out. That's, so That's uh, very harsh coming from Alina. It is, but I love it because it just shows that long-lasting love that she's had for Jenya. Yeah. Jenya was the first one to come and help her in the very beginning of the beginning of this novel when she was all alone in the little palace and this is something she can do for her because I mean just imagine the torture she's gone through like 
we don't even know what she's actually physically looks like. But I mean, it just sounds grotesque and horrible. Oh, yeah. As much as she was upset with Jinya. Which, And yeah. didn't understand what was happening once this comes up. I imagine that there's a little bit of guilt there, too. Which we will talk about at the end of this of what we're doing next week. So that's when hopefully we'll get some answers there. Um, so eventually Alina and the apparat talk. And um, the apparat tells Alina that they will work together and his specific line is, we will rise to make a new Ravka. We will rebuild. And here we are. We are going to do our last scene. We were only doing two scenes this time. But this is actually what ends the entire book. Well, this is what ends this chapter. Okay? So I will be playing Alina. Terry will be playing Mal. So um, if you guys are ready, here we are. We're doing scene two. Curtain up. I should have warned you, he said. I look like a monster. More like a Kitka. Wood sprites eat children. Only when they're hungry, he said. I tried to smile, to hold tight to this glimmer of warmth between us, but I noticed how far from me he stood, arms at his back, like a guarded attention. He mistook the sheen of tears in my eyes. It will get better, he said, once you use your power. Of course, I replied, turning away from the mirror, feeling exhaustion and pain settle into my bones. I hesitated, then cast a meaningful glance at the men... The apparat had stationed at the door to the chamber. Mal stepped closer. I wanted to press my cheek to his, feel his arm around me, listen to the steady, human beat of his heart. I didn't. Instead, I spoke low, barely moving my lips. I've tried, I whispered. Something's wrong. He frowned. You can't summon? He asked hesitantly. Was there fear in his voice? Hope? Concern? I couldn't tell. All I could sense in him was caution. I'm too weak. We're too far below ground. I don't know. I watched his face, remembering the argument we'd had in the Birchwood Grove when when he'd asked if I would give up being Grisha. Never, I'd said. Never. Hopelessness crowded in on me, dense and dark, heavy like the press of soil. I didn't want to say the words, didn't want to give voice to the fear I'd carried with me through the long, dark miles beneath the earth, but I forced myself to speak it. The light won't come, Mal. My power is gone. Dun, dun, dun. End scene. And end of chapter. So we're going to go right on into after which um, I've got a couple good quotes from it, but it just kind of, you know, afters are always great. They're written in a different style. So Alina is dreaming of Nikolai. She also um, finds out that the Darkling has survived and attained the throne he has wanted. He so, is ruling Ravka. So that's a new one. Um, here's a quote. The priest swore that she was safe in the sprawling web of passages that crisscrossed Ravka like a secret map. There were those who claimed that the tunnels had been made by armies of the faithful, that it had been, that it had taken hundreds of years with picks and axes to carve them. Others said that they were the work of a monster, a great worm who swallowed soil, rock, 
root, and gravel who hollowed out the underground roads that led to the old holy places where half-remembered prayers were still said. The girl only knew that no place would keep them safe for long. Um, end quote. I just like some of these last ones. These are some good things. Um, this place they're staying in obviously is underground and kind of creepy. And um, yeah, it just really is. Very tomb-like. Yeah. This next quote, the prayers of the faithful rose around the boy and the girl, echoing and multiplying beneath the earth, bouncing off the soaring stone walls of the white cathedral. The apparat said it was a holy place, their heaven, their sanctuary, their home. The boy shook his head. He knew a cell when he saw one. He was wrong, of course. The girl could tell from the way the apparat watched her struggle to her feet. She heard it in each fragile thump of her heart. This place was no prison. It was a tomb. So, end quote. That's where they're staying. Obviously, a new, like, a white cathedral. Um, It's underground. Very just, um, you know, we're hiding underground. Very post-apocalyptic. It is. And um, here's um, the ending, and I love this. This is the very last um, quote of the entire book. The girl touched the collar at her neck, the fetter at her wrist. So many men had tried to make her a queen. Now she understood that she was meant for something more. The darkling had told her he was destined to rule. He had claimed his throne, and a part of her too. He was welcome to it. For the living and the dead, she would make herself a reckoning. She would rise. End quote. An end of Storm and Siege. We did it. We made it. So, um, yeah. Now, um, something we've put together. We did lose a lot. Now for a special portion. Yeah, a very special portion. We, we lost a lot of people in that last part. So, um... Here we are. Um, Give us just one moment. In memoriam to our fallen. Paja. Marie. Vasily's arm. Fedyard. Vasily. Jinya's eyeball and all the nameless others from this horrific attack. Also, missing in action, Bagra, the king, the queen, and Nikolai. Thank you for that. As we go into a little sad note, but... It's important to remember the fallen. It is. Okay, we back. Welcome back, y'all. It's Grisha Cast. So we're gonna move right on into Grisha Cast news. Yeah. So we've got just a couple things. Nothing like too crazy, but some fun stuff on Instagram. Um, Jesse May Ling, who's playing Alina in the new show, she. Um, typed or wrote and that's a wrap on daisy for scene one with a cute little picture um also shadow and bone books um are now starting to have 
the coming to Netflix sticker attached to it. So that's a big thing. It's exciting. It is. Jesse Meeling also had a photo of possible boots from the show. I'm not really show, sure. It was on Instagram. I'm not sure whether they're her boots or something from the show, but she put it on there. Um, also, there's a set piece um, on Instagram from Megan, the set director. Nothing special, just wooden beams and a rock covered in snow. But hey, girl, I'll, I'll take what I got. So, um, and then our last piece, Jesse Me Ling on Insta posted, keep having dreams where I am Melina and my powers aren't working. Aww. She also posted a, just the Grishaverse characters having dinner and hanging out. No biggie. And a nice little cast picture with everybody having dinner. Yeah, I saw that is really cute. You it know, is cute. Everybody's out eating. They must be just there's you know, all the Grisha hanging out. It is. Well, the entire cast. How yeah. cool is that? So um that is awesome. And um anyways, before we get into what we're doing next week, if any of our listeners have art they would like to share with us, we would gladly put that your art on our Instagram and credit you, of course, um, for it. Um, if you have any fun ways of making the Grisha cat like a Grisha cast, like I don't know, just something saying Grisha cast or some kind of art related to the Grisha verse, anything like you've done of characters, we would love to see it. We would love to be able to post it for you. Um, don't send any of that to our social media. Send that automatically to grishapodcast at gmail.com so that way others don't see it when, and then we can actually just post it ourselves. But we would love that. We'd love to see it. We'd love to be able to help you out, get the word out. You're an artist and um, show some of that. So moving on, next week's chapter. So we're kind of going to take like it's we're not we're going to be here next week, but it's going to be a little bit of a lighter week. We are going to read The Tailor, which I had never read because I read, when I first started reading these, they were on my Kindle, and that didn't have The Tailor in it. But if you have any of the softback or hardback books, then there is special stuff in the back, and there's the story of The Tailor. Um, and that, I obviously, is the story of Jenya. So we are going to read that, discuss it, and um, also kind of get ready for the following week, which we're going to start Ruin and Rising. So next week's going to be a little, you know, a little break. It's not going to be too much to read, but um, just a little, a little something, something. Yeah, just a, just a little, little thing in between the books. Exactly. And also, I've never read it, neither has, and neither has Terry. So, I mean, these little books, these little stories, I think, have a lot of insight. I mean, I'm really excited to actually read yeah, it because I've never read it. Um, so, I know a lot of you all out there have, um, but I am so excited. And um, by the way, to all y'all that have seen this, like, small little shout outs to, like, things of Kings of, um, King of Scars. Ooh, girl, I'm so excited. There's like all these little snippets of things with some of the saints and that's just, I'm, I'm getting so excited. I'm so excited. So, so excited. <laughs> but we're not going to ruin that for Terry. But um, anyways, that is all I've got. Um, this has been a wonderful episode. I cannot, cannot believe this is episode 16. I know. 
and we are rocking and rolling. Um, please, 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 please. I haven't heard from a lot of you all in a while, so please let us know what you think. I know a lot of changes have happened. Um, we've been adding these scenes in. Um, I would love to know how you feel. I know in the beginning you really were letting us know. Please reach back out. Some changes have happened. We've got Terry on here, my best friend, and I love that. And, um, we specifically are just making some changes just because that's the way things go. So please just um, send us something somehow, letting us know what you think, whether you like the changes, whether you don't, whether you like the scenes, whether you don't, whether whatever. We would just love to hear it. So if you get a minute, let us know. Absolutely. Please do. And we looked at the map of where all of our listeners are coming from and it is insane. It is. It's a little overwhelming when um when you first look at it. It's lit up all around the world. So, yeah, so in the beginning of this episode, we said hello to just a couple places. We're going to kind of keep doing that, saying hello to our listeners around the world. So, um thank you so much for for listening. Tell your friends and you know again, we've got some a lot of really big things ahead. We've got a really big surprise for you. I can't mention it on air yet, but I'm just so letting... So big. Yeah, it's very big, guys. So big. I'm just letting you know I cried when I found out, but I'm not going to say a word, but nope. you just keep listening, and you will be surprised with us. And um, we're, we've done it, y'all. You have gotten us to where we are. So um, keep going, keep subscribing, keep rating us, especially on Apple. Apple's the best place to um, let us know how you feel and rate us and leave comments. So, um, yeah, I love you all so much. You, I'm, I feel so much better this week, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I just I've got energy. But you all have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait for next week. We will discuss the Taylor, and I can't wait to start Ruin and Rising. It's going to be fun. I'm so excited. The last book in this little trilogy. Oh, girl, and there's so, it's the ending of this. Well, it's this little. The, it's yep. the ending of the story of this. Yep. Yes, and you're going to be amazed. It's it it is. So um, anyways, guys, it's been lovely. We love you so much. You all have a wonderful rest of your evening, and we will catch you all on the next Grisha cast. Okay. Bye. Bye. This has been Grisha Cast. You may email us at grishapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at Grisha Podcast, and on Facebook at GrishaCast.